so let us uh, begin but gold mining stocks we have focused on physical gold and it's and it's paper derivatives such as ETFs and futures contract but gold is represented in the stock market too in a form of gold mining stocks listen good now our research written and spoke a lot about gold yes my involvement is almost always related to the physical metal and the derivatives and the use of gold as a monetary asset I do not hold myself out as an expert in mining stocks I'm not a stock picker I'm not really an equity analysis in the traditional mode I'm a global micro analyst I think about gold in the monetary context still capital markets are so interconnected today that the micro affects the macro more than ever that's the basis for offering views on mining stock gold mining stock follows gold to a greater extent but they're more volatile traditionally gold mining stocks have been described as a leverage but bet on the physical metal there are technically reasons for this having to do with the difference between fixed costs and variable costs but basically when gold goes up mining stocks up even more and the reason why because the more demand for gold the more they had to go supply and get more gold y'all follow me people and when gold goes down mining stocks may underperform and fall faster than the metal itself gold mining stocks are like gold on steroids gold volatility enough as it is most investors won't have the appetite to add imply leverage and to gold by going into the gold mining sector if you want to leverage your gold position you can get plenty of leverage using comex gold futures and buying of etfs on margins that's one way to think about what it means to buy gold mining stocks of course what set gold mining stocks apart as an asset class is that they're completely indosyncretic or indosyncretic the other words miners are never genetic like futures or index mining companies will each have unique characteristics related to the ore qualities and the competent of magnet uh, management corporations and financial and other one-of-a-kind factors one problem with investing in gold miners is that many investors do not treat the mining companies as idiosyncrats they treat them generically or generically they said oh well I invest in miners as if they're all the same they're not some gold miners are well run companies established and solidified capitalized they've been around for a long time and one expect they continue to be around for a while other entities are highly speculative 
some are fraud an investor how do you sort out the fraud from the well-run companies you can do it still that's a lot of work you probably have to meet with management travel to the miners read the financial including the footnotes go to investor meetings and listen in on management calls basically you have to be um <clears throat> An adequate analyst, which is what I'm trained to do. But I don't usually do that kinds of analysts because I'm not my area of expertise, or it's not his area of expertise. There are experts doing solid research on gold miners, like John Halfway and his colleague at the Taquitville Gold Fund and Doug Casey and the folks at Casey Research. I prefer the physical metal itself. If you want to be an investor in the gold mining sector, I recommend sticking to the large cap and selective mine cap gold miners. Here's why micro caps or sta startup miners are mostly in bad shape. We all know how the sector has performed. The stock has been beaten down. Many of those stocks are down 95% from the highs. People said if they're beaten down enough, isn't that a good time to buy? Well, there's a better time to buy where it's after they go bankrupt. Ah, hear that? Master limiting partnership um, roll-ups and bigger firms looking for a bargain will cherry pick the best assets from among those in distress. The banks and the big miners aren't out to do the small miners any favor. Investors trends to think you can buy low and get in on the upswing. Sometimes you can. Still, the savest investors, largely miners, companies, and predators like gold mining Sachs or Goldman Sachs will prefer to see small miners driven into bankruptcy and their assets made available in a bankruptcy sale. As a perpetual equity holder in a leveraged mining field for bankruptcy, you can expect to receive nothing. Gold lacks of correlation with the stock market. A lot of investors think of stocks and gold as a trade-off. Their views is that when times are good, mining strong economic growth, low employment, and price stability, they prefer stocks to gold. Yet when conditions are rocky, inflation is generating out of control, or the economy is highly uncertain, they prefer to dump stocks and have a safe haven like gold. Some investors have even suggested an effects that I call then the day before stock collapse so they can sell their stocks and buy gold just in the nick of time. Remember, everything is time, people, when it comes to stocks, bonds, and we invest it in gold. Of course, it doesn't work that way. I'm not going to know the day I do have insight into the magnitude of the coming collapse and the consequences. The collapse is likely to come sooner than later, perhaps in months or in a year or two. We're unlikely to make it five years without a severe financial panic. Regardless of the 
specific dates of the collapse. The time to prepare for it is now. Now, now, people, now. I won't know the date any sooner than you will, yet I'm doing my best to prepare. Until the pack begins, there is no particular correlation between gold and stock. At times, stocks and gold go up together. That's likely in early stage of inflation. And at the time, gold goes up when stocks go down. In panic or the late stage or inflation, at other times, gold goes down and stocks go up in a strong economy with positive reinvestment rates. Finally, gold and stocks can both go down in deflation. In short, gold and stocks move in different directions in response to varying conditions with no long-run correlation between them. One could see, for example, the economy getting stronger in anomalies terms with inflation. Picking up in that scenario, stocks and golds go up together. Because stock investors would see higher revenue due to inflation and gold investors would hedge with gold in the expectation that inflation will get worse. On the other hand, if inflation gets out of control and the Fed gets behind the curve, the inflation begins to destroy um, capital information or capital formation and most form of wealth. This could lead to stagflation where we don't have real but we do have inflation. This would be similar to the 1975 and 1979 in the world we would see gold going up for reasons. So I don't see a correlation between stocks and gold. There is a place for both in a careful selected portfolio. For example, I recommend certain hedge funds and alternative investments that have stock in their portfolio. These funds include long, short equity funds and global micro funds that are making directional bets in a few sectors. There is a, also nothing wrong with stocks that have underlyingly hard assets. A good example is Warren Buffett's buying of railroads, oil, natural gas assets. Warren Buffett is a classic stock investor, but he is buying companies that have hard assets such as energy, transportation, and land underneath them. And those stocks should do just fine in an inflationary environment. The right portfolio is one that has a good mix of assets with gold being about 10% of the mix. So, mind you, if you are a stock investor, I know a lot of people do Forex and all stuff, that's good. But if you are serious in investing stocks, your portfolio should be diverse. And one of the things you should have in your portfolio, like always, are things that are assets that people need. They need railroads, they do need oil, natural gas, and all these other things. Even energy is a necessity in regards to any financial issue we might come across in the coming years or any time now. Let's continue. Gold in a well-balanced portfolio. Intermediate term forecast for the gold price has not changed, despite volatility and retracement in the normality. Dollar prices. Gold will ultimately be making its way to the 10000 per ounce range. This will happen because their central banks will secede and cause inflation or they will fail and finally turn to gold as inflationary um, numerizing or at least resort 
as FDRs did in 1933. Either way, central banks will eventually get the inflation they need to make debt level sustainable. This condition was described by former Fed Governor Rick Mushkin as fiscal dominance. A new gold standard or at least a gold link currency system may be need in a world of inflation and f fiscal domination where gold is called upon by central banks either to cause inflation or to resort confidence after inflation has gone out of control. The implied price analysis is straightforward. It is ratio of paper money to officially physical in the world. The official gold boards and official money supply figures are both known with exceptions such as China off the book boards. Some assumptions are needed for example when I mean which country will be included in a new gold center which or what is the proper definition of money supply for example MOs, M1, M12, M2 etc. Central. What ratio of gold to money be required to maintain confidence in a new gold link. For example, 20 cent, 40% each central, subjects to gather the data and making those assumptions, the math is straightforward. As an indicative, non deflationary price of 10,000 comes from an assumption that the United States and Eurozone and China will all be included. And M1 with 40% gold backing will be the right measures of money and gold. Other assumptions will produce different re results. Some as high as 50K per ounce. If other use the M2 money supply with 100% gold backing. We're not there yet. It may even be several years away, but that's where I see it going. Still can be quite a torturous path. In the meantime, gold investors should follow a few simple rules. Gold is volatile when measures in dollars, so I recommend not using leverage in gold investing. When you use borrowed money margins or go into futures or option market, you're using a leverage that will amplify the underlying volatility. Gold is volatile enough as it is as and doesn't need extra volatility on top. Second, I consistently recommend a modest allocation of 10% of your investable assets for most investors or 50 to 20% of your investable. <coughs> if you're somewhat more aggressive, I never and said and I'm not going to say now that you should sell your entire portfolio and buy gold. I don't believe in going 100% into one asset class. And let me start right there. Any investor, smart investor, either you learn from the Black Business School or you learn this in general when it comes to stocks, options, all that stuff. You never leave your assets in one portfolio or all your bag, eggs in one basket. It's the number one gold rule all investors take. They still follow today and they never change. So if you figure say asset and go straight to gold and you figure it's safe, you are dreaming. Keep that in mind. Keep your portfolio spread out. Always. Let's continue. By the way, 
of comp comparison. Institutional allocation to go around the world are only about 1.5%. Even if you took my conservative recommendation of 10% and you cut that in half to 5%, that's still more than three times what institutions actually have in goal. The 10% allocation is meant to apply to your investable asset, the liquid part of your portfolio. You should exclude your principal residence and any equity in your business from the investable assets pool. Perhaps you have a restaurant, dry cleaner, pizza parlay, or you're a cardiac doctor, a dentist. Whatever capital is tied up in how you make a living should not be included in the invisible asset pool. The same rule applies to home equity. Whatever is left after the business and home are separate is your investable asset. I recommend putting 10% of that amount into gold. Remember, only 10% now, people. If you have 10% of your portfolio in gold and it goes down 20%, you lost only 2% of your portfolio. That's hardly a wipeout, which is true. Still, if you go, if it goes up 400%, which I expect, then you'll be quite well on the 10% allocation. That's a 50% gain on your portfolio from one investment. I recommend that 10% allocation because of the asymmetric and a potential upside versus the potential downside with these simple rules as a guide, buy physical, avoid leverage, and keep your allocation to 10%. You're ready to weather the storm. Another important piece of advice is to stay focused on the long term and don't get distracted with day-to-day -day ups and downs in the dollar prices of gold. We already know it's volatile. More important, the dollar itself is an asset that's under threat, not gold. You hear that? The dollar is a threat. The fiscal dollar, paper dollar you have is a threat, not the fiscal gold. The fact that the dollar price of gold went up or down on a given day will come to be seen as irrelevant once confidence in the dollar itself evaporates. No one will care about dollars at the point. They'll just want fiscal gold. And I'll stop here. Let me check the chat room. All right. So, like always, for people that will catch this replay as broadcast, please comment, subscribe, like the video, support Chaos Rain, Cash App is there, dollar sign, Chaos 8 Rain, you know, moving forward, you know, there's going to be more material, some different book readings at the end of this book. I will let y'all know at the end of this book what will be the next book Um, I will be disclosing for the next stream. So I hope you like this information. I hope it was helpful. Share this video to everybody. And like always, you know, thank you for watching. Take care. Goodbye.